He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad, oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. Welcome to the 2021 73rd Hole Year in Review Show. First things first, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to everybody. Hopefully Santa Claus brought you guys everything you could have possibly wanted for Christmas. And us, at the 73rd Hole, decided to bring you guys something very special today. We will have a full show, Sam Humphreys here, will be guiding you through a journey of all of our greatest moments, some montages of our funniest moments, some clips from all of our greatest guests, and we'll even hear some unheard audio that was found deep in the 73rd hole vault that we will unlock for you guys and give to you guys as a special Christmas gift from us to you. Number one, I want to thank all of our listeners for allowing us to do what we do and make content and me joining just in February of 2021, it has been an honor and a privilege to work with not only Colby Powell and Taylor Williams, but Kim McLeod at Golf Oklahoma. If you're not already getting all of your golf news from Kim McLeod and Chris and myself at Golf Oklahoma, it's an awesome, awesome deal. Uh, and you guys need to check it out at golfoklahoma.org. And I know that Colby Powell and Taylor Williams most certainly feel the same way that I do, is they cannot be more grateful to all of our listeners for all of the support and love you guys have showed us throughout the whole year. Uh, and even before I hopped on the team here at the 73rd hole, uh, Thank you. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much. Uh, and we will continue to do bigger things in 2022. But today, we're talking about 2021. And man, what a year it was. From Hideki winning at the Masters, the Caddy Bow, unbelievable stuff. Didn't think you could top that until Phil Mickelson goes out and wins the PGA at Kiowa Island at age 50. Then John Rahm wins again at Torrey to win his first major. And Morikawa blows away the field at the British Open. What a year it was for majors. We got to cover a senior major at Southern Hills. That was unbelievable. The KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship where we got to talk to the likes of Scott Verplank, Steve Stricker, Jim Furyk, Darren Clark, the coolest man on the planet. That was absolutely unbelievable, and obviously Alex Cheka going on to win that one. Um, and then we had Tiger Woods get in one of the worst car accidents I've ever seen right after Riviera, and now we're sitting here in December, and Tiger Woods is back playing golf, ladies and gentlemen. Tiger Woods is back playing golf. 2021, what a roller coaster of emotions. And then the coup de grace of 2021. Our man, Taylor Gooch, PGA Tour winning now. Taylor Gooch went out and won the RSM Classic just in the nick of time, right before the end of the season. And now our man, Taylor Gooch, who we've talked to throughout 2021, who you'll hear on this show, is number one. Number one in the FedEx Cup points list. Absolutely unbelievable. Congrats again to TG. What an unbelievable year. Thank you to him again for helping us get on the map. So, without further ado, let's get the 2021 73rd Hole Year in Review show started and what better way to do that than have a little montage of one of our favorite guests that we have on the show every single major week. You've heard him numerous times on the show. Our man Woody, Jim Woodward, has given us some of the greatest audio clips 
that you will ever hear. The man is a walking one-liner. And us here at the 73rd hole, we decided to put together a little montage of our man, Woody. I hope you enjoy. Hello? Woody, what's up? Podcast time. Brady Chopin. Podcast time. No boy. Here we go. <laughs> What's Let's up? Do you, it. you got some winners for us this week? You like this tournament? I got a, got a, got a couple of guys that I think are a little bit of a sleeper that I'm going to go with. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You ready to get started? I'm ready when you boys are. Bring it on. Let's rock and roll. There's not, there's, there's not too much wind, is there, from my end? No, you're good. No, you're nope, perfect. Okay. You, you sound good. No wind chimes either. No wind chimes. I'm out on the putting green at Oak Tree. Is the reason why I was asking. <laughs> okay, you're perfect. Perfect. We'll get rolling. <laughs> All right, bring it home. All right. <clears throat> yeah, I say, Jimbo, I, I love you like a brother, but there is no way they're going to let you and I play together in a team event for 5,700 yards. He goes, I'm telling you, that's what they're going to do. So I said, well, you confirm that, and you send me all the information, and we might play. <laughs> you know what? You just heard me, Sammy. I, know. I think you're wrong this time. Right. I think you're wrong. I think I think your brain was a little bit lost the last eight months because you're getting ready to get married. <laughs> and I think you were kind of I think you kinda of drifted off and got in love with your bride that you loved so much and married and for some reason you thought Europe was a place instead of Hawaii you were gonna go, but you didn't. But I don't know what you're thinking, dude. Thank a win. He said he didn't pick Reed because of Reed's, um, you know, injuries and sickness and all that. I don't believe that any further. I can throw my Jeep. We, I call we. We're all Americans. I even told Victor Hobble down the dining range. I know you're an OSU guy. I love you. Went to OSU. You're a hell of a player. But when you play that week, I don't like you. I'm, I hope you lose. And he just kind of let it dumbfounded look on his face because he's like, man. And I go, yeah, this is war. I mean, no, uh, we've had – you guys have kicked their butts for nine out of the last 11 years. It's time we get a good butt kicking on our side. Sam, I'm not going to hold it against you because, like I said, I'm going to say that you were busy with your wedding and you just were lost in your brain that you think these juries are that good because they're not. We're going to kick them this time. We're going to get them. It's all right, my friend. You can go out and enjoy golf now. Don't grind at it, okay? Well, what do you Have like you a-, a couple of beers. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm an old Stillwater boy. If you don't go to Hideaway, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. Ooh, that's that a good one, idea. I get, I get that one loaded to the gills, and uh, I don't know how many beers you can buy there on Sam, but I get as many as you can get. <laughs> <laughs> should I go ahead and get the two pizzas, or should I sub one of the pizzas for, like, cheese bites or something to ease the, to ease the pain for Sam? <laughs> No, go full picture. He was dumb enough to pick those euros. Do not. Hey, you got it. You, you know what? What we just talked about the American. You got a foot on his throat. You're, I want you to squeeze it. I want him to pay top dollar for those pieces. Oh, I, I know where you're going. What you got you? little Bryson and DeChambeau in you. You know, everybody had to throw rocks at you. And I'm sorry you took a butt whipping, Sam, but I'm really not. You know, you, you said it best before we came on the air. You went out on a limb. Your limb not only crashed down to the ground, but then they picked it up and stuffed it in a chipper. You just got whooped. You got to love the British Open. I, I was caught one time on uh, Channel 9 talking to Dean Blevins, and I said, there's two things about the British Open you can count on. And I said, you know what they are, boys? What do you guys think they are? There's two things you can count on. Wind? Rain? Weather. Weather. Okay. Weather is always a factor. Weather is always a factor. You know what the other is? The women are ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love Scotland, but I just, the United States got a lot prettier girls. <laughs> Don't laugh when I end up at the tank, but it, but look out if we win, okay? <laughs> I, I got my keys in my hand. I'm going to the betting booth as we speak. Oh, no, don't do that. Okay, I'll see you. Bye. <laughs> All right, anyway. But that Ryder Cup, boy, you never know what you're going to get, don't you? It's like a box of chocolates, as Forrest Gump always said. I got to go do some weed eating right now. I'm pretty excited about it. Thank <laughs> that you. sounds fun.
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Have a good I one. I think I'd rather go get a root canal, but I'm, 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 I'm going to go ahead and do some weed eating. Thank you. <laughs> out here on my back porch, and I thought, well, I got to get out of there. We don't want to listen to wind chimes all day. Instead of a bird singing, we got wind chimes blowing. So. I can tell you right now, it wasn't any harder than oak tree. I hope he sticks it right up Polo's fanny. Uh, <laughs> I, I never liked Polo anyway. And that was our man Jim Woodward of Oak Tree National giving us some of the best entertainment and one-liners you will ever hear. Thank you so much to Woody for taking his time out of his days of teaching to come on the podcast with us and shoot the breeze and not only make it entertaining but give great insight not only into players and courses but the technical side of the game, making it easy to understand. Thank you so much not only for me but for Colby and Taylor. I know they feel the same way. Woody, we love you. Thank you so much. We really appreciate the time you spent with us this year, and our listeners, I'm sure, did as well. And so, you know, Woody, I definitely shouldn't have picked the Yuris, as you said. (laughs) You definitely let me have it, and I definitely deserved it. Had to pay off the hideaway pizza bet to Colby and Taylor. So, you know, they let me have it, and I deserved it. And, Woody, you were right about the Americans all along. All right, so... Now that we got the show kicked off with Woody, I can now start driving the bus down the timeline of the 73rd hole in 2021, and we will start out on January 11th with Colby and Taylor discussing the Tiger documentary. Take a listen. It led him to be the greatest of all time, but it also came off to me as just a really sad childhood. You know, everything, every gain you have comes with a negative. Everything balances out. I mean, Tiger is a um, vocal Buddhist as he as he has been in the past. I mean, it's a classic yin yang. I mean, you don't you don't get to the top without some struggles. And so, while Earl put him in a position to be the best golfer in the world and of of all time, essentially. There was a lot of things that were not beneficial to Tiger as a child, obviously, and as a human being growing up. And so while and as, as you saw with him, with Earl and some how he talked, especially with the kindergarten teacher, Earl was focused on one thing, one thing only, it seemed like. And as as hard as that is to as see and like say, I mean, he won the Masters by 12 shots when he was 21 years old. So do you look at the parenting as a success or a failure for what you have? And so that's that's what's so hard about it, because it's so hard you, you, because it's both it is it's but, absolutely both some great insight there from taylor and colby discussing the tiger documentary the other big news from january was that the pga of america announced that the 2022 pga championship would be coming to southern hills in tulsa oklahoma That is still big news, and we are super excited to cover that for you next year. Um, That brings us to February. February started off hot uh, with Patrick Reed cheating and winning at the Farmers at Torrey Pines. Then, the very next day, the USGA and RNA announced that they would be looking into dialing back distance, which I know T-Dub is a big fan of. And that brings us to February 8th. February 8th was a big day for the podcast and myself. I was able to join Colby and Taylor on the 73rd hole and become a part of the family. Past couple of weeks, I've been teasing that we've got something big coming up here on the show. We've got big things happening with the 73rd hole, which brings me to my next point, which is to welcome to the show our newest member, Sam Humphreys, joining us on a Monday. Sam, what is going on? We are fired up to have you. Dude, I'm excited to be here. A lot of big things coming soon, but for now, I'm just excited to be a part of the 73rd hole family. I'm I'm excited to talk some golf, talk a little Jordan Speed, Bruce Kepka from yesterday. Um, but as far as this goes, I'm, I'm just really excited to get this going. And, and Taylor, I mean, I just had to come on here and talk about the uh, distance debate, and, you know, I'm totally <laughs> on y'all's side. So. That's just what we need is to get Taylor going on the distance debate. <laughs> It's always great 
to listen to the cringy audio of my first ever show on the 73rd hole. Luckily, Taylor and Colby did not kick me off after that first show, and you guys kept downloading and subscribing, uh, which kind of brings me to my next clip. Uh, One of the biggest things that ever happened for us on the 73rd hole and allowed us to do all of the fun things that we have done uh, was us teaming up with Golf Oklahoma and us becoming the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. And so here's the clip of us making the announcement that we would be joining Ken and A.G. Myers and Chris at Golf Oklahoma uh, and becoming that official podcast. That was the biggest moment in the 73rd Holes history because it has allowed us to do everything that we've done and will keep allowing us to do everything that we do. Uh, so big, big thank yous again to Ken McLeod at Golf Oklahoma. A delicious cheeseburger on tap after what he pulled off yesterday at Pebble Beach. So we'll get into that. We'll talk a little bit of snowmageddon happening here in the state of Oklahoma. I would imagine there will be a grand total of zero golf being played in the state today. But first, fellas, we have got huge news here on the 73rd hole. This is something that we've had in the works for a while, and we've really been wanting to announce. We've been holding off, but today it is time to make the grand announcement that the 73rd hole is now officially partnered with Golf Oklahoma. You all know Golf Oklahoma magazine it has been around forever and now the 73rd hole is the official podcast partner of golf oklahoma and sam taylor i mean we are fired up this is going to give us the opportunity to cover golf in the state of oklahoma really like nothing the state has ever seen and it's it's going to be an unbelievable partnership uh it's the reason we were at southern hills last week it's the reason we're going to be a lot of places coming up in the near and the distant future so uh fellas sam we're, we're fired up to get going Big, big thank you again to Chris and Ken at Golf Oklahoma. We really appreciate everything that they do. And definitely go visit golfoklahoma.org to get all of your recent golf news in the state. And definitely subscribe to Golf Oklahoma Magazine as well. You won't want to miss the travel directory issue coming up. And then right after that, the 2022 PGA preview issue will be big time. Okay, so moving along in February, on February 16th, we had OU and OSU duking it out in Tallahassee, and then we had Riviera where Tony Finau and Max Homa had the great battle where Homa ended up getting the dub in his home city. We had the WGC Workday Preview uh, the day before we had this great interview with our man Taylor Gooch and this was the first time we had Taylor on in 2021 and he spent the whole afternoon with us about five hours and we cut the podcast down to about two hours and Taylor and his buddy Vic Ramji came over they brought drinks and just shot the breeze and talked golf and Taylor and everything in the world of sports with us and it was just a great great time and it really helped us at the 73rd hole really get on the map so we could not be more thankful to Taylor for doing that interview and continuing this great friendship uh, throughout the whole year and and it's been absolutely awesome so here's a couple great clips from that first interview of 2021 with Taylor Gooch on February 24th my roots are John Conrad my roots are the OJGT my roots are you know, growing up playing municipal golf in the Oklahoma City area, you know, shout out to Maury Rose, uh, shout out to, you know, Steve Ball, Kelsey Klein, all these people that are, they're legends, local legends around here. That, that's where, you know, that's, that's what I think of when I think of my early roots. Uh, You know, when I, when I, every week that I play out on tour, you know, the, the courses are just immaculate, right? And you can't help but think about, you know, growing up, like for me growing up at, I I was always so excited to play Lincoln Park because the greens were phenomenal, right? Right. They're always just sweet, right? And so uh, anytime I hear uh, some of the players out on tour that, you know, we're playing tournament and they're moaning and and whining about, you know, uh, this course is this, (laughs) the greens aren't this, whatever. uh, I just always think about, you know, the times I grew up playing muni golf and you know courses around here that are awesome but they're not tour great and i think you know what this place that we're at this week's pretty sweet it it could be a little bit different um 
so yeah, I mean, I, I John Conrad, I mean, it'll forever hold a, a special place in my heart. And, uh, I always, so I, I'd like to, uh, think that I do well coming down the stretch and, uh, I attribute a lot of it to growing up at Conrad because all of us have played Conrad here, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. 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 So the last three or four five holes like sneaky you gotta kind of hit it straight you, you gotta <laughs> like get it in the fairway i mean it's it's a good little finish and so uh it, it made me into the the golfer that i am so uh i'll actually tie this into the u.s open where i met mr cleveland um i qualified for the u.s open uh the sectional qualifying was like two weeks or so before the actual event and um and so caleb uh and Brock Wardell and Austin Manger. I mean, there was a bunch of my boys from back home that drove all night. Like, I think it was Tuesday night. They drove overnight from Oklahoma City up to uh, Aaron Hills to come and watch me on Wednesday and obviously on the tournament as well. And uh, and so, of course, in, you know, your, your boys – fashion uh instead of rooting for me whenever i did something good that week uh they would root for my caddy and so i'd, I'd go make a birdie or do something good and they're cheering for my my caddy's name is Malcolm mal, mal. Yeah. and um and so they were cheering for mal and so somehow they became the mal pals somehow they became the malapeno group you know it just evolved into somehow malapeno came out of it i don't know how it happened but it came out of it so malapeno originates from mal baker that's yeah. right okay and um and so soon after that we were like you know what it was actually we were we had talked about we'd always spent the uh New Year's together, this, this group of us. And, um, and so that was in 2017. And we had talked about like the end of that summer after US Open, we were like, man, let's do like a New Year's somewhere. Let's go somewhere fun. This group of us, let's go do something fun. And so, uh, somehow, some way that turned into, okay, let's go do New Year's fun. And then let's make a golf trip out of this. <laughs> and, uh, so we're like, you know, where are you going to go the first week of January? Well, let's go Scottsdale. Right. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so we go, you know, do new year's in Scottsdale. And then, uh, and then we stay there. All of our girls go back home and it turns into the Malapeno invitational because everyone who was there had been at the actual inception of the Malapeno at the U S open. Yep. And, um, and so there was seven of seven of us there that week. And so most of the, the courses in Scottsdale at that time only allow foursome. So it worked out great because a few golfers, as we know, live in Scottsdale. And so we could have kind of a, uh, a celebrity kind of, you know, show up a celebrity golfer each day, show up, uh, to add for the eight of us, right. <laughs> right. Two foursomes. And, um, and so of course, Max is, you know, one of my Good, good buddies. So he came out for a couple of the rounds. And, and Max uh, lives in Scottsdale. And he lives in Scottsdale. This and past so, year. This past year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and no, this was two years ago. Or okay. no, no, the first the first year of the mound. Oh, okay, he, he okay. came out for that as well. Okay. And um, and by the way, so on this point, so he came out for the first Malapeno, and then he won a couple months later. He didn't come out for the second Malapeno because he was in this place called Kapalua uh, playing the <laughs> Tournament of Champions. He couldn't make a Malapeno appearance. Priorities. Uh, that, that's selfish to him, man. Yeah. Come play the Malapeno. Yeah, so, and so he, he didn't win a tournament that year. They didn't show up the mouse. So, you know, and then this last year he comes, makes an appearance, and then he just won. So, I mean, uh, yeah. there's a there's there's some good vibes in the Malapeno. Yeah. There's winners that come from that. And uh, – and so anyways, yeah, so the, the Malpino, it, it started at the U.S. Open, and it, it turned into uh, kind of a, a fun little deal. And so, like you, you asked, it comes from my caddy, Mal Baker, who ironically now, so we, we had a little logo made for the Malpino, and so it is now the Sunday shirt that I don't wear, but my caddy mal wears that's awesome he wears the the logo on a shirt every sunday just sundays no other days of the week so on sundays if you're ever looking on i think it's his left sleeve there's a <laughs> there's a big old logo and that's the malapeno logo is there something that osu does different than other colleges as far as propelling guys to the pga tour Man, it's just an expectation. I mean, kind of yeah, like, the the culture thing that right. uh, you know Coach Holder has instilled for 
you know, 40 years now where, you know, you, you go to Oklahoma State not to win tournaments, not to win conference championships. You go there to win national championships. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll never, never forget that my freshman year when we won a Big 12 championship, you know, thinking, yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. And it's like, nah, we, we win national championships here. That's, that's what it's about. Yeah. And so just having that expectation of greatness – and we talked about it in the break, like, you know, we never really had like a practice schedule at Oklahoma State because everyone that goes there, you just, you're expected to be great. You're expected to work hard. You're expected to put the time in and you don't have to have someone that's pushing you. And, uh, and not to, to say that doesn't happen elsewhere, but, you know, it's just, there's an expectation level at Oklahoma State that I think is different than most other places. Man, it was hard to just pick three clips from that great day with Taylor Gooch. If I had to recommend one episode to go back and listen to, it would be that interview with Taylor Gooch on February 24th. What an amazing day that was to just get more insight into his roots here in Oklahoma, as well as how he's taken his game to new heights and uh, just kind of getting to know him a little bit better as a person. Okay, so that rounds out February. Uh, In March, we had uh, Colin Moore Cobble end up winning at the concession at the WG. And that brings us to our great interview with the burly boy himself, Quade Cummins of the University of Oklahoma. And we had him on right after he was announced that he would be on the Walker Cup team. And we talked everything from Walker Cup to Coach Hibble to his roots in Weatherford, Oklahoma. That was a great listen. Definitely go back and listen to that. But here's a couple clips from that show. Wade Cummins, he's on the show, a.k.a. Scotty Buckets, the one-third of the Burley Boys, the man with the biggest belt in college golf. How are you doing, buddy? Doing good. Glad to be on. Yeah? Well, how uh, how did you find out the news of you being on the Walker Cup team? Yeah, so this is this is a pretty good story that, you know, I hope I hope Coach Hibble doesn't really get mad at me about this. But <laughs> So we're playing down at Seminole uh, in Tallahassee, and uh, – Coach Hibble's dad is walking with me. He When he goes to tournaments, he'll watch, you know, three or four holes of each player. He kind of fall behind and watch some guys. And I finished the ninth hole, and I kind of checked my phone. It was a long walk. It was probably 200 yards to the 10th tee. And I checked my phone, and I see that I have uh, a missed call and a text message, and it says, hey, this is the president of the USGA. Um Give me, give me a time and, and we can chat. And I tell Coach Hibble's dad, I'm like, hey, like, should I call this guy back right now, like in the middle of my round? And he was like, no, 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 just wait. Just, like, expect for the best. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And he's, and he's like, just play this last nine holes like a Walker Cupper. Wow. And uh, I didn't play the best on my last nine holes. I, I actually finished – I didn't finish very well. Uh, I had a good round going there and uh, – didn't didn't finish off like I'd like to and right after I finished my round I called him back and he was like I just want to tell you that um you made the Walker Cup team and you know that kind of turned that bad round into you know a little better I know we didn't finish off the tournament like we'd like to I think we finished third or fourth but uh you know that definitely made the trip home a little better and um going into the next week it may, it definitely gave me a little more confidence and made me feel better about myself that you know I can look back and I can remember that moment forever, you know, going going from that, you know, getting that phone call and feeling the way I did. Yeah. Yeah, so me and Sam, I, we played a lot of junior golf together. I, I started playing junior golf when I was eight years old in the South Central section. Um, you know, everybody would come out west because it was a double pointer. Everybody want, everybody, <laughs> Oh, the double points. That was where it was at, man. You always wanted to go to that. Tour championship, man. You had to make it. Everybody wanted the double pointers. So, you know, so a lot of people came out west that, you know, were from the Edmond area and the OKC area. So, I mean, growing up in western Oklahoma, it was um, – I, I loved it because – you, you get to be creative on those on those courses uh you don't have to play a certain shot you don't have to do anything you just get you just it's you and the ball and you know you make the ball do what you want it to and it's probably going to be pretty good if you pull it pull it off but uh just being out west and you know you talk about clinton elk city hinton 
I mean, there's some good golf courses out there that, you know, you don't get to see every day. Uh, it's basically golf courses in the middle of wheat fields and, uh, just be, just being able to do that. And, you know, you got Clinton, you got, I remember playing with Garrison Mendoza. Yep. Mm-hmm. You got, uh, Logan Gore from Elk city. You got Joby gray. Yep. I mean, these, these guys went to pretty good schools. They went to, I think Garrison went to Oklahoma city. Yep. Joby and uh, Logan Gray went to uh, UCO. Yep. And, I mean, those guys are – I mean, that's that was our high school golf season. You know, you show up to a tournament and, you know, you can put a circle around a pairing and somebody's probably going to win out of that pairing. Right. Which was uh, pretty cool. It was super competitive, you know, uh, just being able to go out there and play these courses with, you know, you probably got to shoot five or six under to win a tournament out there, which – I don't care what kind of course it is. If you're shooting five or six under, you're you're you have to do something. You know, you're, right. it's, it's not a chip and putt out there. Right, and and then also LB, like who was the one that kind of introduced you yeah. to golf and who kind of taught you how to play? Yeah, so uh, my first my first memory of playing golf is it, it's always been my dad and grandpa. Um, I don't really know what got him into golf, but uh, you know they they brought me along, and you know my dad will tell stories about it where. You know, when he first took me out there, I'd last probably three holes, and my mom would have to come pick me up. <laughs> and then I, I would graduate to you know playing nine holes and stuff like that. So I mean, it was it was always fun. And then you know when I got to that age where I was wanting my grandpa to get me into, I I actually heard of playing competitively from Garrison Mendoza, um, and I told my grandpa I was like, uh, we got to do this and. Uh, I think my first tournament ever was at Sugar Creek in Hinton, which is a great golf course. It's not there anymore. Yeah, I miss uh, it. I miss it. It was yeah. that back nine. That was a tough yeah. layout yeah. too. You had to hit it straight. Yeah, the back yeah. nine. The back nine was special, and I wish. I wish uh, a lot of people got to see that place when close it was, to, close to my heart because yeah. my grandpa Elvery Fawcett helped create that course. You know, and the, oh, it was really? like yeah, and it was like a link style course on the front nine, and then you yeah. literally go. It was a canyon. It yeah. wasn't just called Sugar Creek Canyon. Like there was an yeah. actual canyon. Yeah, but. it was. Uh, so my grandpa lives in Hinton, so we would always go up to Hinton and uh, play there when it when it opened up. But it, it was it was special, and you know, just going to those courses out there and then uh having my grandpa kind of get me into competitive golf you know he went to every single tournament until I graduated high school um so that was that was always special he was kind of you know always there for me and uh he's still there for me he's the first guy that'll text me after a round still to this day and uh just being able to have that in those memories um coach Hibble actually made us made us do something this year that we haven't done previously but he made us write a letter to somebody that uh you know that's done something in your life and I wrote it to my grandpa just telling him you know how thankful I am for him you know he was the one that took me to the golf course every single day and he would he he didn't force anything on me he he would stay there until I was ready to leave and uh it it was was very fun I still think about it you know we had a little chipping green at Weatherford that was you know, you'd have it all to yourself. Nobody, nobody uses a chipping green weather. You just basically go get the cart and go to the first tee. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, that, that, that's fun thinking back on it. Thank you again to my guy, Quake Cummins, for coming on the show. If you want to go back and listen to that episode, it was on March 5th. Uh, moving along. In March, we had Bryson bombing it all over Arnie's place. We had the players where JT got the W uh, for his grandpa. Uh, And then we had March 16th, we had the Honda Classic preview with Jim Woodward. That was a great show. And that leads me into our next clip, which will be of Oklahoma State legend, now Hall of Famer, Scott Verplank and unbelievable interview with Scott Verplank. It was a great time talking to him. Been a family friend for a long time. Uh, and thank you so much to Scott for coming on the show. Take a listen. I was just wondering your thoughts on Strick. Oh, listen, he is uh, one of the finest human beings you'll ever encounter on this planet. And I, I've been lucky enough to be uh Long-time friends with him, and we're actually very, very close friends, um, particularly in the last 20 years. We just uh, do a lot of play a lot together, have dinners together. I stay at his house. Um, 
when I when we play in his little tournament up in Madison. Uh, we stayed we stayed together on the road. I love his wife and his girls, and they love me. Last they told me. <laughs> um, so and their dogs. Yep. Yeah, but Chevy and uh, what's the other one? Chevy and God, I can't remember. Gunner. Gunner and Chevy. I, I'm glad yeah. you threw the dogs in yeah. there. We can't ever exclude the dogs. Yeah. If, you, if you get on the, the dog, dog's the good dogs side, you're great. a good man. <laughs> the dogs are great. They they come down and sleep in my room. I sleep down in the basement at the Strickers in their in their uh, University of Wisconsin uh, Bucky the Badger room. <laughs> it's got all Wisconsin stuff everywhere, and the dogs both end up sleeping in bed with me every time. Uh, I, I guess the Ryder Cup would be 1A and, the, and Augusta would be 1B, and they might both be 1A because the Masters is, is, you know, it's no bull when they say, you know, a tradition like unlike any other because it, it's a totally different uh, – it's totally different than any other golf tournament you'll ever play in. Um, it's different, obviously, Ryder Cup because Ryder Cup's team event, great atmosphere, blah, 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 blah. But Augusta is the biggest tournament in the world you can win – it's in normal times. It's the greatest atmosphere. I know Sam's been there. Heck, Sam, you walked down the couple fairways with me during a practice round. <laughs> I how old nice. were you when you I, did that? that? That actually wasn't at Augusta. That was at uh, Medina. I was like nine years old, and I came oh. out in the fairway. Uh, you were playing with Padraig Harrington and Bob Tway, uh, and uh, I think Jim Kane was in that group too in a practice round. And I, he, Scott called me out in the fairway, and I'm wearing a red shirt, and uh, Scott. Scott goes, well, you're wearing the wrong color if you want to be successful at golf. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. And, you know, I was just kidding. I have a lot of good OU friends. And actually, you know, I helped Quade, I helped Quade Cummings with his game, uh, particularly a short game as much as I can. So I'm, I'm, I'm good for everybody. Big, big thank you again to Scott Verplank for coming on the show and sharing those stories with us. We are really rooting for him to get more gigs on TV talking about golf because he is an absolute legend and knowledgeable about the game of golf, and he's one of the best personalities you will ever meet in the game of golf. So we hope to hear more of Scott Verplank when it comes to watching golf on television, and I know the viewers feel the same way. Okay, that was on March 18th. On March 22nd, the very next show, we had a legendary show for the podcast. We had Matt Jones. Who? Matt Jones. Win at the Honda Classic, and we had a field day with it. Take a listen. Matt down. Matt down. Matt down. That's right, it is Matt Jones. Matt Jones, winner of the Honda Classic this week. That will be a big theme of the show today. For those of you anywhere near myself, Taylor, and Sam's generation, uh, you will get the joke there. And if not, you'll figure it out. You've got to be happy for a guy like Matt Jones who gets his first win in seven years. That's huge for him. Matt yeah. Jones. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, that, that that's such a classic song. I remember in middle school, we would just be bumping that and think we were so cool going down the street. But I, I don't even know what song you're talking about. Matt Jones. Matt Jones. Matt Jones. I think this has to get an award for one of the best remixes of all time. It's a pretty it's good a, remix. It's, a, it's up there. You know, boys, even though this wasn't a wire-to-wire -wire win, Matt Jones goes out the first round. He's at 61. Oh, I'm 61. And we were texting back and forth, and we were looking at the analytics. Our man, Matt Jones, too, who I'm friends with Taylor Gooch, mentioned in our interview, who he played with and has been an influence for him as well. Matt Jones gained 10.49 strokes in the first round. Strokes gained. And I've never seen double digits. Uh, that's my, I'll start off the show with my trivia question. Oh, trivia. Hey, here we go. So it's the fifth best round ever analytically on tour. Oh, oh baby. Fifth best ever. I love it. What's the first? Oh, Any my clue? gosh. First um, round? Was it Charlie Hoffman that one year at Augusta? It was not Charlie Hoffman. How about Tiger Pebble in 2000? No, it was actually J.B. Holmes at Doral in oh, 2015. What in the world? Plus 11.4 shots on the field. I hate that so much. I hate that so much. <laughs> would it take us 300 and how many guesses to get that? It would have taken us longer to guess that than it takes J.B. Holmes to hit a golf shot. You know who doesn't? I don't know if that's possible. You know who doesn't play slow, though? Matt Jones. Matt Jones. Matt Jones could hit three golf shots in the amount of time it took us to play that sounder. Dude. I mean, the dude plays lightning fast. Just some classic audio there from the origin of the sounder of our man, Matt Jones. So, moving along in March, we had Billy Horschel take down Scotty Scheffler at the match play. We had Oklahoma Golf Hall of Fame announce their Hall of Fame class of 2021, which we will get to later on. Uh, we had the Valero Texas Open, where Jordan Spieth 
came back and won for the first time in a long time. And then we had Masters Week, and we had a mega Masters preview with my dad, the legend Craig Humphreys. So here are some clips from Masters Week. Yeah. So we we putting an asterisk by DJ's? No, name. no asterisk, but it just... Does he get, uh, good question. Does he get an asterisk by the record-breaking score? Yes, for sure. Yeah, 100%. I think so. What do you, Craig, think? What do you think, Hunt Man? Okay, well, no. He, he's, there's not going to be an asterisk in, in the book, if that's your question. Not but in the book, I, just on the 7th but in, in the mind, I think in the mind of, of people who have followed the Masters for years and years... It is different. I mean, it, it played much easier in the fall, right? And and so, even though, and and I hate it for Dustin Johnson because he shot twenty under, and all everyone else that played that week had the chance to shoot twenty under, and only he did it, and he beat him by five shots. No one else even shot sixteen under, so he played great golf. But do I look at it as the best golf that's ever been played at Augusta National? I still got to go with the eighteen under. <laughs> You know, that, that uh, Tiger and, and, and Jordan Spieth and so forth. So, I don't know. And it's a shame for Dustin Johnson. I, probably the three of our lifetimes. Since 1987. Since, since you yeah. were on the payphone. So, <laughs> give, us, give us a good master story phones. or two from back in the day. Well, see, now I used to do my reports. Um, I, I did reports for five years after I got into radio. You know, I, I went for the first time in, in 1988, and I went with some friends. Uh, that had badges for Friday and Saturday and then, uh, you know, got another badge for, for Sunday. So I ended up going three days in 1998. But, uh, and then the, the second year, uh, a buddy of mine that worked with uh, Devin Energy, his boss comes in the week of the Masters and said, and he played college golf at LSU. And boss comes in and says, Steve, I got, got two trophy room badges here. I can't use them if you can find a way to use them. And he called me and I said, you know, I'll, I'll get the flight and the hotel. <laughs> of course, we stayed at like a day's end down Washington Road, but uh, whatever. Uh, that was 89, and so I was hooked. And so I thought, I've got to go. And so my strategy at that time was to go to the par threes. And uh, I thought, I, at that time, you could buy a badge at a ticket booth right outside. I think oh it was gosh. like $5 on Monday, 10 on Tuesday, 15 on Wednesday oh or whatever. <laughs> now, that was about the last year for that in the early 1990 or 91. But I thought, I'll go to the par threes, try to meet people, and, and uh, see if I can find my way in. So I have not always lived in the lap of luxury and had, you know, a press pass and, and lived the high life at Augusta National. I've held the back of my pizza box up out on Washington Road saying, golf fan from Oklahoma, please, need one badge, you know, <laughs> and, and begging people to get in and getting in. I mean, I've been in as a golf course superintendent, as a caddy, as, I mean, uh, you know, uh, guys that clean the restroom. I don't know. I've had all sorts of different badges. But, but after I got into radio, okay, so I, I'd gone – the first five years, you know, just as a fan. So 1992, I started in radio. So the spring of 93 was my, my first year. I wasn't a member of the medium. You know, I, I'd go, you know, beg for a media pass every year. And basically, they would say, uh, you know, they, they were nice to me, but basically would say, you're, you're not quite big enough, uh, don't have a big enough reach uh, for us. But but they, they were nice, and they would let me use, eventually they let me use the pay phones, I mean the, the phones on the outside of the press building so I wouldn't have to hold up a line of people you know, on, on the pay phones. But one time, I was at the phones just to write a number eight tee box, Bob Berry Jr., the late, great Bob Berry Jr., I was doing a report with BBJ. So this is in the five years where I was begging for a press pass, but I didn't have a press pass, so <laughs> I was paying my way down there, doing my reports on the, on the pay phones, and you could go across from the media center and print off the leaderboard, and I'd go and get <laughs> And this was back, I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't on TV till very late in the day, and we didn't have the internet and all that at that time. But See, anyway. So you were calling in, you were giving people information that they couldn't they, access they, anywhere. That's right. No, that's right. That I was really, you know, uh, breaking news. But anyway, I'm on the pay phones uh, just to the right of the number eight tee box, and that year, I, the badge I was wearing, I had bought from a local caddy. I, I had a local caddy's badge on. And I, I guess he had, he had uh, been caught selling his badge, and so they were looking for his other badge. Caddy gets one, and then a patron's badge, whatever. And he got caught selling his, and so they were on the lookout for, for a badge that had his name on it, you know. And this cart rolls up, and two gentlemen in, in a coat and tie, and, and 
they were very patient, waited till I finished my report with Bob Berry Jr. And then they said, sir, could you step over here? Ask how I got the badge. I was honest. I told them how I got it and where and so forth. And they said, you can jump in the cart with us. And and, uh, and I was, uh, you know, ceremoniously uh, kicked out of Augusta National. <laughs> what day of the week was that? And it was it was either a Thursday or Friday. I, I want to say that it was Thursday. I think it was the very first day of the tournament that, that year. Did you go home or did you keep grinding? No, listen. Nope. Nope. I, <laughs> and our buddy saw me being uh, the, pointed out to my wife. There's your husband. He's being taken out in the golf cart, you know. <laughs> and at that time, they were camping over at the fire station across from Augusta National on Washington Road. And they said, you know, a, a buddy of ours was supposed to pick up a pass by noon. And I think he had gotten in trouble with his wife. He was out late the night before or whatever. And they <laughs> said, we don't think he's going to be here today. If that, if that badge is still there afternoon, tell him to go by the fire station. If the badge is still there, he can have it. And so they're betting with people around there. I bet this guy's back in within the hour, you know. And, and I went. The badge was at the fire station. I was back in within the hour. And then Dr. Gil Morgan <laughs> was in, in the tournament that year, oh. pro that we know from – from Oklahoma, and so I was telling the story to Gil's wife later that day. She said, why didn't you tell us we got a bunch of badges at the house? And I, you know, so I went and bought a badge. I insisted on paying for it, but I, I went and bought a badge from, from Dr. Gill that night for the rest of the tournament. So that was, that was just one year. But <laughs> And then here's our post-tournament thoughts on what happened after the Masters, and if anyone doesn't remember, obviously Hideki wins, the caddy bows, Xander chokes, and we also had Dottie Pepper. Take a listen. And then after Hideki hits it in the water on 15, I feel ba- I feel like Xander's about to win the tournament. I feel bad for anyone who live bet Xander after Hideki hits it in the water and then Xander almost holds the bunker shot. Could you imagine someone who live bet Xander Schauffele right before that 16th tee shot? Uh, and I want to talk about that, T-Dub. I'll let you speak to it a little bit. Uh, but my thoughts on what I heard from Xander, what I, what I heard from Dottie Pepper, what I, what I saw from Xander, Xander after the round, I absolutely hated uh, what I heard. I, I heard, first of all, I heard Will Zalatoris saying he was frustrated. He 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 should have won the tournament. He really should have won the tournament looking back on it about all the chances he had. And that's what he said after the round. And Xander comes after the round and is making excuse after excuse after excuse about how he flushed this shot when he should have been aiming 15 yards right of where that ball landed. If he flushes it, I don't know how it goes 15 yards left of where you're aiming. And then he, Dottie Pepper, she's an idiot. She said she is a complete idiot. She she said that it, that ball hit a wall of wind. Right then, I'm looking at my buddy Caleb Price, who I'm watching the golf with. I go, the wind is blowing eight miles an hour. How much of a wall of wind that can it hit for an eight iron to come up that far short? I mean, Xander absolutely choked, and Hideki ends up making bogey even with no pressure. If Xander puts that ball anywhere on the right tier of that green, on the correct tier of that green, then Xander's at least going to have a good chance to win the golf tournament. I think he does win the golf tournament, and he's lying to himself after the round and smiling about it. So I absolutely hated that. But congratulations to Hideki, and, and, and it's awesome for golf. I think it's a great great thing for golf. And maybe not to the same level, but maybe to the same level because Hideki is a legend. He's a hero. He's an icon in Japan. I think we're going to see a whole wave of young uh, Japanese kids pick up golf kind of the same way what Tiger did to us here in the U.S. Tiger made a whole wave, a whole generation of kids pick up golf clubs. And I think Hideki can have a very similar impact on, on kids in Japan. Hideki won that tournament after the rain delay on Saturday. I mean, oh, I man. mean, that's when he just separated. Absolutely, well, was he six under six. Yeah, and he was on eleven, I yeah. believe. He 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 actually said that he necked his drive or mishit his drive on eleven, and then that's when he went in. Which is, oh yeah, that's a nice place to come back to, yeah. right? You know, well, you say, well, he was like, under the tree over there on the right, exactly. And I was just going to make the point that he was fourth in in scrambling this week, right? And so what that means? Well, he was is fourth he, in strokes gained around the green. Around the green. He was green. actually number one in scrambling, okay. but obviously yeah. well, that makes my Point even better. So yes, what I'm yes. saying is, um, what I'm saying is that when the course was playing firm and fast, he was getting it up and down. And then when that course got soft right after that rain with no wind, he was just striping. 
Pastors Week is always the best week of the year, and you heard some candid thoughts there from our man Colby Powell on how Hideki's win might possibly uh, contribute to some more golfers from the country of Japan. And you also heard uh, some great thoughts there from T-Dub on how Hideki won right after the rain delay and was just absolutely a ball-striking machine. Okay, so moving along here in April, we had old man Stuart Sink win at the RBC the week after the Masters, and then the week after that, we had uh, the Zurich Classic, where Louis Eusthuizen uh, finished second again with his man Charles Schwartzel to Cam Smith and Mark Leishman. Uh, and then we had the Big 12 tournament start, and there were two big instances where the 73rd hole really blew up on social media, and the Big 12 tournament was definitely one of those, and we went down there and gave everybody live coverage of the Big 12 tournament that they had never seen before, uh, and it's not like it was planned. We decided on a whim to go up to Prairie Dunes and follow and give some information on the state schools and how they were doing against Texas, and we found out in the middle of the round that we were the only ones giving that information and it really helped us blow up and we ended up doing live coverage and live videos of shots and it ended up being a really, really fun day. Here was Big 12 Championship Week. Prairie Dunes, and as I say that, Sam comes walking in the door, and with him comes walking Big 12 champion Austin Eckrode, who fired the low round of the day today here at Prairie Dunes. We'll let them get settled in here. And uh, congratulations, Austin, my friend. Yeah, Good absolutely. Thanks. Congratulations, Big 12 champ. Thrilled to have you. You got your your Big 12 champ shirt on. How's that feel? You know, OU's number one team in the country. You all are number three coming in, and you get it done with a one shot win. Yeah, it feels really good. Um, we've had a. Uh, you know, all three teams that we're fighting for today, I mean, one seed's in the regional event. So, I mean, um, it shows how good we are. I mean, this course separates really well. Um, you can't can't fake it around this place. So, uh, yeah, that, that means a lot. Yeah, and, you know, one of uh, we were trying to get out there and follow everyone as much as you can, but I was on the, the green when you made your long putt on 16, which was, I don't know, might have been the putt for you for the tournament. Kind of oh, yeah. dive into that. What was it, about a 40-footer with quite a bit of break on it? Obviously, that was right about the time, too, where the wind started to pick up as yeah. well. So kind of tell us what was going through your mind, because I know you probably didn't hit the approach shot you wanted to in there either. Well, yeah, I uh, had about 88 yards into the into the hole, and, you know, with how firm the greens were, how much it was blowing down wind, I needed to fly at about 72, 73. Uh, that was the number I had in mind out of the rough and uh, kind of slid up the face, came up about 40 feet short and um, it was a breaking right about a foot and then all it needed to do was get on the other side of the hole and it start breaking back in and um, it was rolling and initially I thought I might have hit it just a hair too hard but I mean it clearly wasn't, it was perfect and um, it went in and then Pearson ended up missing his putt so uh, from about six feet so that was a huge momentum change right there. Bojan is a great guy, I mean he's Sometimes hard to understand, but I mean, he is, <laughs> he is one of the nicest kids you'll ever meet. Yeah. And um, he's, he's so in love right now. It's so funny. But his golf game has gone, his golf game has gotten better ever since he had a girlfriend, which is rare for some people. Um, but so he's a, he's a great guy. And his golf game, he hits it a long ways. Um, how how great about the shot he game. hit into 18, which oh my. gave him that an easy two tournament. Putt. I mean, talk about how tough that shot is into the wind where that pin is at on oh. a tiny little shelf. Yeah, the green. I mean, you cannot go left of the hole. So, I yeah. mean, uh, you know, for him to – he ended up hitting a seven iron into that green. That's what I didn't want to do. That's why I hit driver <laughs> and uh, messed that one up. But uh, so he hits a seven iron, perfect shot, 12 feet behind the hole. I mean, as good as it could have been. I mean, and it was an, a very hard shot, went into off the right, so – um, it, was, it was a great tournament. I mean, you talk about drama down the stretch. I'm so glad we made the trip up today. We literally awesome. decided on the show yesterday yeah. that we were going to come, and I'm really glad we did, too. Yeah, I mean, and I think we changed the game a little bit, boys, on the on the Twitter sphere. Yeah, I mean, if you're not following us now, we uh, – I mean, some people some people found out what we're about today as we – I mean, nobody covered this tournament the way we did. We, yeah. uh, we, we, literally, we literally showed every shot for the last – you know, in the final group yeah. uh, for Hammer and um, Bo Yeah, Jim. we, we had mean, Hammer and Jen basically from uh, 14 all the way in. We had pretty much every shot being shown and yeah. some shots earlier in the round as well. And so. I want to give a shout out to Eddie Radosevich's guys over at Sooner Scoop too. Yep. They were out here. They were recording some of it as well. But other than that, you know, there's there's no real way to get golf content, you know, so the 73rd hole is where to be. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, looking forward to some regionals coming up and then the national championships.
What a day that was. You heard Austin Eckroat there at Big 12s at Prairie Dunes. And thank you so much to everyone on social media who was promoting everything that we were doing that day. If you heard about us that day, hopefully we haven't let you down and we've been able to give you more great golf content that you didn't have before. Okay, so moving on. The Big 12 Championship wrapped up our April And then at the beginning of May, we had on Ryan Rohde, the great teaching professional out at Southern Hills, and we had him on to help us preview the Walker Cup because he teaches Austin Eckroat and Quade Cummins, who were on the Walker Cup, but he also teaches the likes of Brad Dalkey, Hayden Wood, and Logan McAllister, a bunch of great players around this area, and so we had a great interview with him. Here are a couple clips from that show. Yeah, I think, like, um, for me, it's just kind of having that relationship with those guys. Um, you know, I, I love being able to go to Southern Hills every day and teach the membership. We've got a really cool group of young kids uh, out at Southern where um, you guys may have seen some of the Instagram, like, combine stuff that we do. So it's been really fun helping that kind of younger generation kind of come up at Southern and kind of create the vibe of the club. It's really been really good for all those kids in the club. And – um, you know, I love living here in Tulsa. Tulsa is great. And I want to just be able to be here for those guys, you know, as much as I can too. Um, I know Quay and Austin plan on kind of staying around Oklahoma and staying at Oak tree, being around that really kind of up and coming group out there, uh, that's playing golf. So hopefully I can just continue to work with them through their journey as they, you know, come home for a week or, you know, maybe go out once or twice a year for some of those events. But, definitely just want to be there for them. And, um, when that time comes for them and we want to sit down and talk about that, then I'm, I'm excited to kind of hear how I can continue to help them. So just really excited. Going to be fun for them. Uh, the PJ tour is really cool. And then, um, hopefully those guys can also get some other types of exemptions into the PJ tour once they get done with their run here in the postseason too. And that was some great stuff there from Ryan Rohde discussing the relationship that he has with the players that he teaches along with how much he loves living in the city of Tulsa. Okay, so moving along here in May, on May 10th, we had Rory winning as well as the USA retaining the Walker Cup that we just talked about. And we also had the first tee scramble. That was an awesome day out at Lincoln Park where we got to talk to a lot of the first tee kids. We got to talk to Debbie Martin. That was an absolute awesome day go back to listen to that podcast on may 10th and then the very next day everybody we had one of our more popular shows well more controversial shows i guess we will say for the 73rd hole and uh, for anyone who doesn't remember we were up in tulsa for the 6a boys state championship and first things first congratulations again to ben stoller of owasso for winning the individual state championship and congratulations to the edmund north boys on winning their team state championship but the controversy came when there was a rain delay that may or may not should have started back. And we had absolute chaos after the tournament, and it just turned into a bigger deal than it should have been. Uh, And we had to uh, comment on it because we were the only people up there, as far as media goes, doing the live coverage. And, well, if you're just tuning in and you don't know what happened, you can go back to May 13th to our setting the record straight on the 6A state championship show. And you can listen to the whole show because it's a lot longer than we can put in this review show of 2021. But I just wanted to make it clear to congratulate Ben Stoller and Edmund North on winning their state championships. Rolling along here in May, we had K.H. Lee coming from the rafters and winning for the first time on the PGA Tour. And we had NCAA Regionals as well as the PGA Championship Preview with Jim Woodward on May 18th. We had OU advancing into the NCAA Championship. And we had Tyson Reeder on the show on May 21st. And that's where I want to stop and have you listen to part of the Tyson Reader interview, one of my favorite interviews we did all year. I love, like, um, the last dance, uh, the Michael Jordan type stuff, like yep. watching those videos. 
Like, I love, I love Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. Like, those guys are. And so, uh, Russell Westbrook is huge. So, like, kind of like taking their mentality and kind of putting it to myself and, like, kind of just kind of stealing that from them a little bit. I mean, obviously, I'm nowhere near the level of those guys yet. Um, but that's somewhere I definitely want to be someday. And But uh, I love to kind of have that dog in, in me, and I feel like I do have that in me. And I just, uh, I don't know, I just kind of who I am. And that was Tyson Reeder talking about how he takes the mentality of some of the greatest athletes of all time and tries to implement that into his own process. Okay, so that brings us to the end of part one of the 2021 73rd hole year in review show. And if you're following along, we're at the end of May, right before the PGA Championship and the Senior PGA Championship Both were big stories for the show, and we will take you on a journey from the start of the PGA all the way through the end of the year of 2021 on part two. So for Colby Powell and Taylor Williams, this was Sam Humphreys on part one of the 73rd whole year in review show. And again, thank you so much for Kim McLeod and everything they do for us at Golf Oklahoma. And also, if you need any dental work done, go visit my friends over at Ring Family Dentistry. Doctors Phil and Brennan Ring have been doing it for over 30 years. They are great guys. They know what they're doing over there. I know them personally, so go visit them if you need any dental work done. Okay, so look for part two soon. I'm not exactly sure when these will be releasing because I'm doing them before Christmas, and we do it as a gift to you. So look for part two very, very soon. Have a great day, everybody.